Due to technical issues, the first 10 minutes of this lesson was not recorded. This lesson will begin in the end of the introduction portion of the lesson. It teaches a lot on this subject, and then finally, the cultivating of a forgiving heart. Learning to be forgiving people. When you start thinking about forgiveness, God's forgiveness and man's forgiveness are essentially the same. There is the release of guilt and a penalty. When God forgives, God releases man of the guilt that he has. God then suspends the penalty that man is due. I want you for just a few moments to go with me on a search through the Bible as we look at passages which talk about the way God forgives there's some beautiful ways that it is represented. For instance, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 38 and verse 17, Isaiah records, Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast my sins behind your back. You just think about that for a moment. God has cast... My sins behind his back. They're not in front of him where he's looking at them, seeing what's going on. God put him behind him. As I go to the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 19, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. It's as if God wants to put them away from us, in fact, not only away from us, out of sight, so they're sunk down into the lowest parts of the sea. In Jeremiah 31 and verse 14, No more shall they teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin will I remember no more. It's as if God doesn't call this to mind. You know, you think about things that's on your mind. And for God says, I don't, I don't remember those things. I don't call them back to my memory. Isaiah 43 verse 25. I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Years ago, when many of us used typewriters, some of us had to buy this stuff called whiteout, liquid paper in 50-gallon drums. I mean, it. Uh, whenever you made a mistake, you, you took the whiteout and covered it up. There's a little bit of difference because this, he says, I'm going to blot them out. Really, it's as if the ink was there and you use some sort of solution to remove the stain of the ink. It's totally gone. God blots out our sins. One more. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west... So far has he removed our transgressions from us. You think about all of these descriptions and how they reflect divine forgiveness. And yet, 
as we contrast now, we recognize that God's forgiveness is so much better than ours. It's in the sense that God's forgiveness, His mercy is much more complete than ours. Many of us struggle with an impure heart. Oh, if we could learn to forgive like God and did forgive like God. But the truth is that sometimes we don't, notice this term, freely forgive. In the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 41 and 42, he says, There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. That means that the man who owed 500 and the man who owed 50, both were freely forgiven. There wasn't a debt to be repaid thereafter. Our problem is, is that we don't want to freely forgive. Another aspect of God's forgiveness, and one which we will really appreciate as we study through this further, is the fact that God is willing and seeking to forgive before you and I ever ask Him. Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man would someone even dare to die. But God commends His or demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. His mercy, His forgiveness is there before we even approach Him. But you contrast that to us and sometimes we want to hold grudges. We want to even place conditions after forgiveness, which means we didn't really forgive at all. You listen to Psalm chapter 78 and verse 38. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many times he turned his anger away and did not stir up his wrath. Psalms 86, 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. One of the best illustrations was given by means of a parable of our Lord in Luke chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 18. He used an illustration there where Peter is coming and said, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother up to seven times? That's what the rabbis taught. Jesus said not seven times, but I say 70 times seven. There was two men, one owed 10,000 talents, and there's another who owed him 100 denarii. One man, the first man, that he describes owes this master such an astronomical amount of money, he could never pay it. But what does he do? After he's been freely forgiven, he goes out and finds somebody who owes him, and then he demands payment. In fact, if you look at verse 28, it said he laid hands on him, he took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. Of course, the master responded in verse 32 and called him a wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? 
The kicker is in verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you if you from his heart does not forgive his brother from his trespasses. Our problem is, is that we recognize, as we look at God's forgiveness and our forgiveness, we've got a lot of growing yet to do. And if we are going to find forgiveness in God, we're going to have to find forgiveness in ourselves. Let's talk about conditions for a few moments. There's a lot of people who have this idea that God's forgiveness must have no conditions and that our forgiveness must have many conditions, and neither one of those are correct. In fact, I'd like to, for you to go with me to the book of Luke, to chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 3 and 4. Brother Mike read that for us just a few moments ago, and I will in, indicate to you that verse 5 that he read is so important because after hearing this, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Here's what the Lord said to do. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns and says, I repent, you shall forgive him. You see, the conditions here, the Lord said, is the condition on your part, you make him aware of it. That's what the word rebuke here means. It's not as if you get to go tell him off. The rebuke here means to expose, to let him see what he has done. And then if he repents, if he repents, you forgive him. In fact, if he does that seven times in a day, you forgive him. God is willing to forgive, but he does so based upon his conditions. I think one of the best illustrations and one that I used in conversation with a gentleman in our area a few weeks ago, was found in Luke 23 and verse 34. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and evidently one of the first things that he says while he's on the cross is, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You think about that. Here's Jesus having been nailed to that cross. He is suffering intense pain and he looks down at the people who are crucifying him and he says, Father, forgive them. Did God forgive them at that point in time? No, he did not. But here's what God did do. If you go to Acts chapter 2 and you begin with verse 17, Peter begins his sermon and you get down to verse 23 and he says, You by lawless hands have crucified and slain the Son of God. You get to verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this Christ, or this, that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Do you know what God did? He did exactly what Luke 17, 3 and 4 says. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. The sending of Peter and the apostles was a rebuke. What happened from that? They heard the rebuke. They repented of their sins. And there were added to them that day about 3,000 souls. You see, the truth is, is that there are conditions of repentance. 
1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you mean that God is expecting me to own up to my sin? Absolutely. Part of repentance is saying, I acknowledge I have sinned. If I'm trying to find repentance, I've got to find it in the way God wants me to find it. I'd love to explore in depth all these passages. Let me just, if you will, for just a few moments, touch on the basis of the fact that God wants us to call on Him to ask and to answer His call. Psalm 86, 5, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant to mercy in to all those who call upon you. To all those who call upon you. God, forgive me. Well, I've got to do that. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then you will call upon me, go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Romans 10, 12 through 13. For there is no distinction between the Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is rich to all those who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then I get to Acts 22, verse 16. A very important passage. And now while you are waiting, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. You see, God has some conditions, if you will, for me to receive that. I've got to call upon Him. If I've not yet become a Christian, as Paul was told to do, I've got to be baptized to call upon God's name. You see, here's, here's an issue for all of us. And that is, I'm wanting to find forgiveness. I'm wanting to find forgiveness in God. And God says, yes, I'm willing to forgive you. But I expect to find forgiveness in you as well. You and I often struggle with forgiving others. And this morning, as I began this lesson, I was hoping to get you to identify with the fact that person that was feeling the need for forgiveness. I feel it. I hope you do. But I hope we also can turn around and say, I can understand and I can appreciate and I can identify with God when I start forgiving other people myself. What do I need to be doing? One of the first things that I need to do is learn to let little things pass. In Proverbs 29 and verse 11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. It's a glory to overlook these little things. Somebody says a cutting word. Someone's unkind. Someone's a little bit rude. Do I rebuke every time somebody does something that I believe they shouldn't do? Let me tell you what I'll find myself doing. I'll find myself 
going to this person trying to straighten them out, this person straighten them out, this per and do you know what's going to happen pretty soon? Everybody's going to be avoiding me because I take everything harshly and personally. You see, there's a lot of things about which we need to just let it go. Someone walks out the door after services. They look you in the eye. And they never say a word to you. And you say, hello. They never say a word. They just walk on by. wonder why they treated me that way. wonder why they were that rude to me. You know what you need to do? You need to just let that go. Something else may be on that person's mind that's a lot more important than a hello. They may have just gotten news that somebody in their family has a terrible illness and that's on their mind. You see, there's a lot of things about which we need to just learn to be forgiving and let them be overlooked. Second thing is you need to learn to appreciate what has been done for you. I'm not going to rehash Matthew 18 again, but let me tell you something. When you look at the man that owed 10,000 talents, more money than he could ever hope to pay, someone says, well, how do you get in debt to somebody 10,000 talents? Maybe he was a tax collector. Maybe he had collected all this money for all these people to pay their taxes, and he didn't turn it in. Someone says, well, nobody would ever do that. What about these people, these investment bankers who have taken money from hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and they've used it on their own, and they don't have anything now to give back. You see, Matthew 18, verses 23 through 25, that man was in such a bad condition. Do you realize not only do we sin grievously, we sin a lot, both the content and the cumulative effect of all of our sins. And then someone doesn't say hi to me, they don't respond to me, or maybe they even say, cut what is that in comparison to the sins that put Jesus on the cross? There is no comparison. Matthew 6, 12 through 15, when Jesus taught the model prayer, he said, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Learn to be kind and tender hearted. And someone says, well, it's not my nature to be nice. What do you mean it's not your nature? Well, I, I have to work at it when I'm nice. Well, work at it then. I have to push myself to be kind and tenderhearted. Well, then push yourself. The Bible teaches that these things are choices that you and I make. In Ephesians 4.32, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God and beloved put on tender mercies, 
kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against any or another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And you see what we do when we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are penitent. They want to to ask our forgiveness. They've tried to seek our forgiveness. If we are not kind and tender-hearted, they're going to be swallowed up with much sorrow. In preparing this lesson, I actually was listening to a country song by Randy Travis. And uh, it's called Digging Up Bones. And the title, the one line in the song, I'm not agreeing with everything it says, but one line in the song says, I'm digging up bones, exhuming things that are better left alone. Let me tell you, when you bury the bones, leave them buried. When you learn to be a forgiving person, learn to be like God. Put them behind your back. Put them as far as the east is from the west. Cast them into the depths of the sea. Don't bring them up again. Things that ought to be left alone. God longs to forgive us. He is a merciful God. Joel 2.13, he said, Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Luke 18.13 and 14 he talked about the tax collector who beat himself on the breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You see verse 14, he says, This man went down to his house justified. Justified. Calling upon God for forgiveness. God seeks reconciliation with us. He is wanting us to respond to him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. That's the job of a gospel preacher is to speak for God to the people to say, God loves you, God cares for you. It is a ministry of reconciliation. Will you take your songbook out, please? Do you know what forgives your sin? The blood of Christ. God provided that. God loves you. God wants to forgive you. If you're not a Christian this morning, you can enjoy that forgiveness by doing exactly what He told you to do. Believe on His Son, Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. If you are a Christian, you are struggling with living a life of rebellion to God, you can be restored. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. 1 John 1 verse 9. Would you come while we stand and sing?